This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Sefarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. Uh, last week we, we began the topic of the purpose of creation, etc. And we spoke about HaKadosh Baruch Hu being Megala himself in a world that is physical, etc. In the general, in, in the general picture of why HaKadosh Baruch Hu created the world, we really need to look at it from two angles, because both are really critical um, in terms of application. First of all, in truth, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's um, reason or HaKadosh Baruch Hu's desire to create the world is the reason the world was created. Um, so when we're looking at it objectively and we're trying to pin down an objective reason um, that will sort of become a focal point for everything we do and so on, we talk about Akash Baruch creating the world, why the Akash Baruch created the world, and um, we, we gave one formula for putting it together. But the second half of the equation is we are people and it has to be meaningful to us. Um, the greater glory of HaKadosh Baruch is very, very nice. It doesn't mean anything to me. There's a Gemara in Psachim, Samachas is a very important Gemara. The Gemara speaks over there about that you need Chatzi Lachem on Shavuos and so on. And then the Gemara says, Rav Sheshes every 30 days would chazer over his all of his Torah, and like Gemara says that you know 30 days is kind of a cycle. I don't like to forget. The would stand by the door, the um, Omar, and he would say, My nefesh should be very happy. My nefesh should be v'simcha. Um, I'm learning for your sake. In other words, you're gaining tremendously by the learning I'm doing, so you ought to be very happy with my accomplishment. What do you mean it's for yourself you're learning? The world stands on Torah. So the Gemara answers, Me'ikara ki ovid inish adayte de nafshi kovid. A person, um, when he does it, when he starts doing it, or uh, at the beginning, it is done um, for his own sake. The Rabbi Nechananel says over here, um, a little bit of a, Rabbi Nechananel says, um, I, I be happy, Karasi, the reason I learned, even though the world only stands because of the people who learn Torah, Shnem, and Lob Risi, etc. Ika Mias Kiovit Inish, the Nafshik of it. The main reason that a person does is for himself. So the Gemara's gear says Meikara, meaning um, from the beginning, um, meaning or the original reason, and Rabbi Nechananel says Ikar Mia Kiovit Inish, the Nafshik of it. It's hard to tell if Rabbi Nechananel had a Gersh an extra Aleph, and it's not Ikar, but Ikara, Meikara, you know, it's hard to pin it down on a letter, but he does say it a little bit different. 
so, and the way the Gemara, the way the Gemara gears, the way the gears we have now, Gemara, the problem is, this was Rav Sheshis' umpteenth time learning it. It's not his first scene that he made on Shas. This is Rav Sheshis. The Rav Sheshis used to do it every 30 days, and this was the ongoing pismin. So what does it mean, originally, it was done um, for, uh, for himself? He's way past it. He's a big tzaddik, and he's a big madrig, and so on and so forth. So I think the pshat is uh, both Rabbeinu Hanan and the uh, and, and, uh, and uh, the Gemara way we have it. Even if they're different, I think the, the pshat kind of is the same. When I want something for somebody else, so I cannot divorce myself from the equation. For instance. I want to give Reuben a present, so let's say the, the most selfish of reasons is because that way I'll get a bigger favor out of him. I'm giving him a present worth $100, he feels good about it, and he shoves a deal worth $100,000 my way. So that's just me, and the other person is not there at all. That's the crassest and most kind of selfish approach. But let's say it's somebody that I like a lot, and I really feel good when he succeeds, and I get him something, uh, even a mother and a child. I need to insert into the equation that I have tremendous pleasure, positive feelings, good feelings, when that other person has it good, succeeds, and so on. Just by definition, um, I cannot do something for an other unless there is also a self-motivation, unless the, the motivation is in me. Uh, a person who does something for the cause of justice. He may not have any material motivation, and he may be a very, very noble person, but he has a sense of justice that um, is satisfied when he sacrifices himself for justice. There is always going to be a point in my personality that explains why I am involved. So whenever we speak about reasons such as Kveda Hashem and Akash Baruch Vimagal and so on and so forth, those reasons are bird's eye view reasons why Akash Baruch chooses to create the world and therefore um, what that voter was supposed to do. But you cannot divorce the self because that may be what Akash Baruch wants, but why do I want to do it? Why ought I do it? Um, I could say it on a very simple level. I mean, I, I like to enjoy Omhaba. Omhaba sounds like a great place. That's the price you got to pay is to come to Dublin. I'll come to Dublin. That's a very, very uh, um, self-centered understanding. Or it can range to being noble that my heart throbs with the, con- with the concept of Fochemayim being a Skalavaretz. I'm a man of Emes or Tov, and, and I look up to it. But again, there's an Akuda in me that's going to connect with it. So the the whether you go as meikara or meikara, um, and let's take meikara, the Gemara's guess the way we have it, it means the root cause is always going to be myself. Um, layered on top of that, if the self is interested in having the world stand, then the world will stand, and that's a great reason why I'm doing it. But um, if I hit rock bottom, there's going to be a self. So besides the picture of the Tachlis Abriya 
and Tachos Adam in terms of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's reality and what a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants and what is the quote-unquote ultimate truth, I need to understand it on a personal level as well and, uh, and complement it. The um, Rabbi Nechanal's Gersa that says Me'ikr, if, 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 if the Gersa is correct the way it stands, also means the Iker not in the sense that that's the more important reason, but on the personal level, it all boils down to me. It's by definition. Yes, so is what Rebbe saying, I mean, last, last time we had Shir, you were saying that the purpose of creation was Gilui Kvod Shemaim. Yes. But on a, on, a, on a certain level, that really can't be what motivates a It can't exactly. ultimately be exactly. what motivates a person. Exactly. So exactly. There has to be something in it for him. Exactly. It's, it's just like, if, let's use, a, um, uh, um, I guess, a contemporary type muscle. You sometimes have an appliance. You need to stick it into a port on a computer, um, some sort of outlet. And if it doesn't match, you need an adapter. You know, um, how, w- what is going to make this fit into that particular device? Um, what is going to make the concept of culture mind fit into a person? So to understand the picture completely, and in a certain sense, the more important one is because we're talking about ourselves over here, we need to figure out that as well. So the place to go with that is the Masulsi Sharm in his Akdama where he speaks about the Biyoklal Chovasarum Balamo, what's a person's chov in this world. Um, so it's interesting. He starts out by saying, what are man's duties and obligation in this world? His first answer, and if you look at it carefully, I heard this once, this, this analysis um, in terms of just analyzing the different stanzas from Rabbi Noach Weinberg's Son of Racha, um, and it, it says, the first point is, Adam lo nivra al Hashem miziv and so on and so forth. And the Makam Haba. So the first point that he says is that the, he starts off by speaking man's duties and obligation. And he says, Chazal have taught us that man is created to derive pleasure from the closeness of God, which is only real pleasure. Um, let's talk about this point because these are one of the points that it's something that if you think about it, you realize it is true, um, it's almost a tautology. Pleasure, everything that motivates us is pleasure. Strip away pleasure from the particular pleasure of eating the piece of cake or, um, you know, or, or swimming or whatever it is that gives a person pleasure. Pleasure is our sense that something is positive, um, it's, it, and it's our positive sense. Um, there's no two ways about it. Pain and pleasure are the two. Um, th- these are the two uh, centers in our brain for evaluating positive and not positive. That which is painful is not positive. Now, sometimes we say it is temporarily painful and will cause much more pleasure. Do the surgery, it's going to be painful, but later on you'll feel much better, that's fine. But um, diet and don't and deprive yourself of certain pleasures, and you'll have the pleasure of being fit and healthy, etc., etc. But at the end of the day, pain and pleasure are the description of positive and negative in our innermost core. That's where Kaddish Baruch created us, and that's reality. There is no way I can tell a person that 
pain, total pain, eternally is good. Um, it, I could tell you the, the pain of your being tortured is subsumed to the pleasure of good and justice triumphing in the world. I can do that. But I can't, by, I can't define um, pain in its full sense as being positive. Just doesn't, uh, it, it, it's, it's a contradiction in words. And the same thing with pleasure. I can learn to discriminate things that seem pleasurable, that are surface level pleasurable, that are fleetingly pleasurable, that are pleasurable, but, but once again, pain and pleasure are the description of the positive and negative in a person's metzias, period. It also stands to reason that this is true about ruchnias. Um, however we understand the pain and pleasure in ruchnias, pleasure m- defines a positive ruchnias and pain defines a negative ruchnias. Um, it's simply almost by the description of the words of, of pain and pleasure are, are going to be described as the positive and negative subjective evaluation of it. Um, the, the, the murderer's hanging may be painful to him, but from a society's point of view, it's pleasurable because it gets rid of a menace to society. But on a personal subjective level, the um, pain and pleasure are what define positive and negative. So, there is, we, we, it is axiomatic that our reason for being or the only thing that we need to further is pleasure. Um, I, I don't need to explain why. That's, that's what pleasure means. It, it is the hardest wiring we have for, for positive and pain is the hardest wiring we have for negative. So the Muslims are not saying a person was created to have pleasure. Um, that's, that's defined in the word pleasure and in the word pain. What the Muslim Sharm is saying is, when we start sorting out the pleasures, just like a kid wants to overeat on the ice cream, and his mother says the pleasure of the ice cream is going to be um, overshadowed by the tummy ache that you're going to have, um, we need to look around and decide which pleasures can last, don't have any side effects, um, reach down to the deepest part of a person's person and give them the deepest pleasure. So um, the question is not, is a man here to get pleasure? The question is, what is the pleasure that, um, that meets the, the ultimate criteria for pleasure? That's what the Sushram is saying. This is a persecuted list, aneg alashem. The only thing, the only pleasure that can be considered to be, to reach to the deepest part of a person, to be everlasting and not contain in itself the seeds of pain is lihis aneg alashem. That describes olam haba, that describes the world of ruchnius, and therefore, when, when like we saw in the Gemara, like Avshashis, when a person sits down, first thought, why am I involved in the world of ruchnius? Because it is the greatest pleasure, it is, and therefore this is what I seek. I may not feel that pleasure now. Obviously, if anybody felt that pleasure, we wouldn't need all the Musa's firm. You don't need any Musa's say for to eat chocolate ice cream or to, or to go to a ball game. Uh, you don't, one doesn't need Musa for that. And one needs Musa to, to help distinguish between where the beginning is hard and later it gets good and so on. So the Asoda Asodas from a person's personal view is this is pleasure in the ultimate sense of the word. Um, and that's called Lisanig Alashem. 
it, uh, and let's take a look a little bit at how, how we look at different pleasures. The first thing is, um, if, if I'm trying to um, help my son attain pleasure and enjoyment, which we do. Every single person wants his children to have the best and the happiest and the most enjoyment in life. Um, we're, we're all like that. Now, we do, however, spend a lot of time telling our kids what to do, what not to do. What determines that? So let's look at three points that we try to, um, what we try to um, uh, instruct our kids. The first thing is we don't want pleasures that have negative effect. The kid likes to drink. There's a, there's a pleasure in getting high and becoming the sugar. But it has some very bad side effects. So we tell him, in the big picture, there's a lot more pain than pleasure in that. And therefore, we, it's a false pleasure in the sense that it carries a bigger price tag than it's worth, and you're going to pay it. So we want to take away pleasures that have in themselves negative side effects. The second thing is um, pleasures that are kind of fleeting. It's, um, you know, you're, you're going to enjoy it, but it, it's not a permanent thing. You like doing a certain job. You know, you like this thing. But I know that in, in a year or two from now, it's going to peter out. It's fun when it's soft. It's not great afterwards. And I try to help my child understand um, which pleasures will last, what, what type of career is, is, a, is a career that has staying power and, and, and is, is viable in the long run, versus something which comes and goes. A kid has a choice between blowing $1,000 in a very expensive restaurant or buying a laptop. So I tell him, listen, um, the difference between the pleasures is that the pleasure in the restaurant lasts for two hours and it's over with. A laptop will last you for a year or two or whatever it is. So I do try to help him distinguish between fleeting pleasures and um, long-term pleasures. And the third thing is, um, a kid enjoys hanging out and he enjoys just doing nothing kind of so on and so forth. I push him to practice his basketball. It's hard, it's hot, it, it, it requires certain discipline, but I tell him it's going, to, it's going to be a more fulfilling pleasure because it reaches down a step below to just hanging around doing nothing. I might pull him off the basketball court and have him do violin lessons because I believe that um, it's, it's fun to play and to practice, but it doesn't reach as a deeper part in a person's soul as does a violin. Um, a music reaches a very deep part of a person, and therefore the pleasure is going to be much deeper and, and come to the core of who you are and what you are. So I also try to, to, to steer him towards pleasures that are very essential to the person. And that's why Lis Anegal Hashem is the only real pleasure. It's something that doesn't have any wrath to it. It's not, it's not covering anything bad. Um, it is not something that is fleeting. It could be eternal. It's Tzadik and Yosher and so on and so forth. And it is something that reaches to the core of a person because a person's neshama is the Chayot Kaimi Mal. So that is the motivation in terms of pleasure, which is elementary motivation. He then moves a step forward to Mr. Zisharim, and he says, 
when you look further at it, you realize that Shlemus is Dveikus Now let's explain the difference between Dveikus and Tainug um, and the difference between the two. The, the difference would be, let's say a person enjoys uh, a woman's company occasionally, dates, meets her, um, and every time you meet her, it's a very pleasurable experience, and that's called Tainuk. But there's a certain over, um, all-encompassing state of happiness when he's married, even though he doesn't have these spikes of pleasurable moments. And the vacus is something which is a step of a certain personal fulfillment, a certain shleimus, the v'hoyelabasechad, that is a, a greater feeling of pleasure than the particular moments of Tainu. Particular moments of Tainu are there, but the, the, the all-encompassing sense of being Dovok is greater than that. Yes? Quick question. I mean, is there any significance in that the Mitzvah is trying to switch the term Shlemus from, he's talking about Tainu Ga'amiti, and they right. the Shlemus Ha'amiti. Well, th- that's the first, this is the Tainu Ga'amiti, but, but the, I, I, I would say um, what, what encompasses the entire person, time and in space, everything, is, is this Tveikos. I think that that's the way he's. The third thing he says is, and then he, he goes on and he says, Vimtamik od If you look further, Tirek ha'olo adam, the world was created for a person to use, Omnam hinehu omid gadol, that the world is, a person is the fulcrum of the world, and the world moves with the person. So, the, the, um, it means that as the person changes, the, as the person changes, uh, another few minutes, as the person changes, the, um, the world changes with him. What the Masilsi Sharm is doing is, he's now moving us into the stage of our sense of pleasure and self has now become aligned with the um, greater goal of a person, um, of a person accomplishing ruchnius and so on. L- l- let's take it in on a personal level. A mother has a child, and sh- there's there's that moment of pleasure where she has the child and fondles and plays with him and so on and so forth. And it's very 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 pleasurable. As the child begins to grow, how he does in school and so on and so forth is very important to her and so on. As you go down to life, where he's going with his career is important to her, and it's almost as she's made the journey from her enjoyment of playing with the kid to being identified with the kid, and the kid's success and failure is her success and failure. There's a sort of bridging between the two, and you can almost become um, where she is and what she is is not important. The main thing is the kid succeeding and so on and so forth. Um, that's the same, the same journey that a person can do as far as Avodah Hashem. You start, the Me'ikara starts with the personal sense of pleasure and so on, and it gradually moves to uh, the sense, the, over encomp- the all-encompassing sense of being and then it becomes what's good for Kaddish Baruch Hu, and so on. Um, when a person meets a spouse, 
the first the first attitude, the first approach is, do I enjoy the person's company? Do I not enjoy the person's company? What bothers me about the person? What do I like about the person, etc.? As time moves on, and it solidifies, um, somebody who insulted my spouse insults me. I am mortified. I am mortified by um, the pain that spouse, my spouse might be having, etc. Those, the, 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 the pleasure served as a bridge to become one with that until almost that other's pain and pleasure becomes mine pain and pleasure. So the mikara is, as a, a, a person does it for himself, like it says over here, mikara ki ovidin shadaiti nafshukavit. The end of it is that kvod Hashem plus or minus is my sense of, of, of what's good and what's not good. Um, one more, one more place where this transition is mentioned, and um, in his language, in his way, but but very clear sense of transition. Uh, the Rambam, in his Akedomer to Chelek, uses a mushal. He's actually using it for something else, and he, I mean he's using it for the concept of Olam Haba, and 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 its significance in Avodas Hashem. And he says, when you start teaching a kid, you start teaching a kid um, by rewarding him with candies or whatever whatever was candy in those days. You then move on to the Godem, I think he says, to money, to kavod, and if he's worthy, you slowly megala the sod of lishma. Um, and the Rambam sees this as a very positive transition. Um, by the way, this is, it's, it's an important, it, it's a very, very important nekuda in terms of chinuch. We'll speak about it uh, later at some point. But just note, it, it, you can't turn a kid into a tzaddik lishma. If there's no sense of what's in it for me at the level that makes sense to him, it then, then it's words and it, and it, doesn't, and it becomes nothing. A young child needs to start with candies and then move on to money prizes and move on to acknowledgement. And Lishma is a big, it's a big, big step into a world of above us. Um, but uh, be it as it may, the Ramam says that that's the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu presented us, Olam Hava and so on. You can't skip the stage of Sharon Onesh for myself. I need to inherit in terms of eternal busha, eternal kavod, eternal, for a, for a crass person it's going to be a hot fire versus a Caribbean island. For the re- more refined person it's going to be eternal humiliation versus eternal acknowledgement. It's slowly a person moves towards understanding it in, its, in, 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 in identifying it with kvod shemayim and his own self is not really important. But that's a long way off. So, last week we spoke about the, the picture from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's point of view. In other words, if we asked ourselves our question of the mitzvahs, was a question of what's the common denominator of all the mitzvahs in terms of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's plan? What did he have in mind? So we, the answer was to reveal a ruchnistic world from within a very material world, which is almost to us 
um, a, 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 a contradiction. Um, material contradicts spiritual, and therefore it's almost as if the greatest challenge is to reveal the spiritual through physical material world. That was Akadosh Baruch's angle, and when we're, going to, when we're going to look at mitzvahs and so on from that side, that's going to be the appropriate way of looking at it and understanding what's happening in each mitzvah. The, um, going back to us, um, since, Torah, since Torah mitzvahs is our obligation, we need to understand the picture from our side. The picture starts with pain and pleasure, because that is what a person is. There's just, in, in even when the Kadmonim, when the Bali Kabbalah speak about the different levels of a person's, uh, the different spheres and so on, Tainug is a very core root of a person. It, it's by definition like that. So Tainug is the first point of, um, of, of a person's motivation. And if it's the first motivation, let me explain it. The word nefesh in Lashon Kodesh means both a soul and desire. Imnafshecha means if you so desire. We are that which we want. Um, desire and want are the core of a person. A, 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 um, a living being is defined mechanically by the, by the early uh, Greeks as that which moves. The only thing that moves us is desire. We want something. Take away a person's willpower. God forbid people that are depressed. What characterizes them is lethargy, sleeping, um, not being able to do anything. You, you some, unfortunately, if you happen to with people that are depressed, they can, they, can, they can be a year where they slept 80% of the time and did nothing the rest of the time. Chius and movement um, are the person's will and desire. In Nafshecha is the person's nefesh and the person's ratzon, because they are one and the same. That's who we are. And therefore, we need to start by addressing the world of mitzvahs in terms of kainuk <coughs> and the world of averis in terms of etzar. Um, we need to, um, on the lowest level, picture it as close to physical as we can, we can say to ourselves, um, there are pleasures in this world that I enjoy, and there are pains that I, that I um, run away from. It's the same as in, in the other world, it will be the same, just ruchniistic. And I can do it more subtle. And w- when I start getting into it, I begin to understand it on a more subtle level. I begin to understand this, this pleasure and so on as part of a bigger picture, which, we, which the Sashon calls Dveikus. And I see it as being kind of together with Hakadosh Baruch Hu, a union. The the um, the pleasure becomes a platform upon which to unite with um, that which is higher. And when I've united with that which is higher, I now have I become so identified with it that it's almost as if the pain and pleasure, so to speak, of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, the success and failure, becomes identified to my own. Um, we have a picture of it. Mothers, a, a mother will, you sometimes have a case of a mother and a child where the child is actually quite nasty. I'm talking about a child, a grown-up child, who is quite um, nasty to his mother and uh, quite rude and quite uh, unappreciative, and yet she is obsessed with his success and so on and so forth. It, it, it's, 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 a, it's a small 
the dogma that we have in this world of being able to become so identified with something else that its rutsen becomes kind of my rutsen. Um, that's the final dagger of, of thinking about the whole world and being attacked in the whole world. Okay. <laughs>